Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrock. Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrocht here alongside Malcolm Carter for hour number one. Jad Chambers producing. Tommy will be with us in just a little bit. We've got a lot to get to today. We'll continue to navigate the NFL, look ahead to the Super Bowl, Chiefs 49ers, significant injury news from a day ago as it pertains to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we've got college basketball tonight, Kansas State in action. Uh, We've got all kinds of good stuff. College basketball talk we didn't get to yesterday. We'll dive a little deeper in today. Dan Ezreal, the executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, joins us top of the second hour. We'll give away some HTO tea and coffee throughout the show here, too. So be sure and tune in to the KFH hotline at 869-1240 to get your opportunity to win there. Welcome in, everybody. Good morning. How are you? Malcolm, um... You know, we'll we'll allow just sort of a Lions pity party because we just so <laughs> happen to be joined by a massive Lions fan. Of course. And I, I think everybody's feeling for you a little bit. I think Chiefs fans know how you feel, not in recent years, but in a lot of years, you know, in the past, Malcolm. Have you like on a scale of one to ten, how devastated are you still here Tuesday now after the game? I'm I'm feeling about a five right now. Um, yesterday was was much tougher than today, uh, but I'm I'm starting to kind of take that glass half full approach to the season and everything that came from it. So say about a five right now. So I'm curious, is it worse that you were right there in position to win it, or would it have been worse to just get de- destroyed in that game? What would have been what would have been the worst? outcome like which is more painful do you think I I think I'll take the unpopular opinion here I think getting blown out would have been worse and and I say that because the the there's going to there's always going to be that crowd of folks when you're in that situation they're like those guys shouldn't have been there 
this was a one-off type of season, you know, kind of a one-and-done type of thing. But I think by us being in that game and us being within a, a few decisions of winning the game, I think it does give you a bit of optimism that, hey, like, if we're back in this situation again, who's to say that we aren't able to turn the page and do something a little different? But if we go out to San Francisco, we get blew out, you know, 36-9. to nine. I don't know how you go go forward believing that the Lions are a legit contender. I I agree with you. Um, I it, and you know normally we're not opening a show with the Lions, but this is fascinating because we have a diehard Lions fan from the Detroit area here with us for the first hour. I got because and I'll tell you this, you know even in the middle of Chiefs Kingdom, Malcolm, most of the conversations that have spilled through Championship Sunday have been about what the Lions did late in that game. I, I think mm-hmm. it's it's a very interesting look at the way football's changing. You have Dan Campbell, who's just not going to change the way he does things in a situation where probably a field goal made more sense, but that's what got him there. That's how they roll. And and I said yesterday, like it didn't bother me so much to do that. They they made their players made some really key mistakes mm-hmm. and and didn't come up with plays when they had the opportunity to. But you know, holistically, that's a tough way to go. That's a game you have to absolutely have to win, and they didn't get it done. So, like, are you wavering in any confidence in Dan Campbell or anything else? I, I can't believe people are, but I think there are some that are. Um, I, I mean, I don't know how you get to this point I mean, and not believe in the guy that got you there, but I think there's a there's a group of people that, that think that, you know, he just doesn't know enough about what he's doing to be in that spot. Yeah, I, I think those folks are, are a little crazy. Like you said, it's easy to, after the game, to point out a couple things and say, that's the reason you lost or this is the reason you lost. But there were so many. Like, if you really sat and watched their game, there were a lot of things that went wrong for us once that second half kicked off um, that I think is not Dan Campbell's fault. But like you said, Dan Dan's Campbell's decision making and his willingness to go for it in these kind of unconventional situations are what got us here. There are a lot of games when you look back at the, our regular season, there were games where the difference between us going for a touchdown here and getting it versus a field goal might have saved us later in the game. So I think that um, you got to look at it from a holistic picture. Of course, as a Lions fan, I'm able to say that confidently. Uh, but, you know, Dan Campbell isn't going anywhere. Brad Holmes, GM, they're not going anywhere. Um, I think right, Lions fans right now, we're excited about the draft. We've been crushing the draft the last three years. Um, so I think, if, I think if you ask most Lions fans, now that the kind of the effect of the game has worn off, they'll say, like, we're ready. Like, this is – we're getting used to the playoffs. We're, we're getting used to forward field rocking uh, in January, playing some good ball. So I think, I think if you ask most Lions fans, we're feeling good right now. Yeah, look, they'll be back. I I wasn't all in on them at the beginning of the year. Oh, I, I remember. It was just a, <laughs> I thought it was just a little much on some of the. I, it's not that I don't like them. It's not that I don't believe in what they're doing. I absolutely do. I just didn't think they were ready for this spot yet. Clearly, they were. Mm. Um, and I do think that. Look, I think that they're built in a way to get back. I I said yesterday. I think they're an off season, a good off season away for maybe being the favorite in the NFC. Um, San Francisco will be right there again next year, but there's no reason Detroit, with a couple of sound you know, free agent decisions and a good draft, can't elevate themselves over the other teams right now in the NFC. I don't think. I, I don't know what you look at on that team and don't think is like long-term good. The offensive line is long-term good. The backfield is long-term good. Jared Goff is fine. 
Uh, the wide receivers are long-term good. They need a little. They need some horses on defense, oh, and yeah. and they'll and you can get that. You can solve that. We've seen teams do it time and time again. I love it though, the conversation because I'm not analytics bro, right? Like I, <clears throat> I very much like when coaches go with the flow of the game, and and kind of like. Right, go old school a little bit. Like Brandon Staley drives me nuts when he just will stick to the book. And and Dan Campbell's this interesting phenomenon because I I believe that the analytics said take the field goal there, but it almost always says like go for it and be aggressive. But here he is aggressive, and you've got the same nerds telling people to go for it all the time, telling him not to go for it all the time. Like, what do you want somebody to just sit down on an iPad and say, all right, guys, here's what the computer tells us to do. Like, those are AI people, right? Exactly. Like, I don't, I'm not an AI people. Like, I want to know what humans are thinking, not what computers are thinking. Like, what's the flow of that game? So for me, Dan Campbell's awesome. Like, I love it. I love that in his gut, he was like, guy, we got to go for it here. We're not going to win this game. And it didn't work out for him. That's fine. And I do think there are bad decisions. I think that one was probably not the right one. But I don't have a problem with making it. Right. Bill Belichick is one of the most aggressive coaches we've we've ever seen. Andy Reid is one of the most aggressive coaches we've ever seen, right? Like these, it, and but it doesn't mean that you have to always do this. You know what? You don't have to like stick to some plan. I thought that was a bad one for, Cam, but in general, I like that Campbell Field goes for a feel. You know, mm -hmm. I I think he uses you know, statistics and numbers to help drive his decisions. But ultimately, he let his football instincts drive that decision. And I got to tell you, his football instincts have been pretty dang good. He just had Detroit in the – he just had Detroit, Detroit in the NFC Championship game. I mean, that's as wild as you can think of in football. Yeah. Man. And they're there. And, and a lot of it has to do with them buying into him. Absolutely. And and look, they didn't make some plays when they needed to make them. There were I remember two critical drops on passes that had to be caught. That's not Dan Campbell's fault. Yeah. Right? I I, I love it. I think it's a great story. I love it for your city. Uh the environments are awesome. I think for folks around here, it, it is reminiscent of pre what, twenty eighteen or so, when it just felt like it was never gonna happen. And then it does. I'm a Texas Rangers fan. That's how it felt to me in 2010 and 2011. Mm. Like what you've sat and watched your literal entire life, and you're just like, it's never going to happen. And you start to get there. Here's what I'll warn you about as a Texas Rangers fan, though. 2010 and 11 happened. You're like, all right, we're there. We're Now we're going to contend. It was 12 years later when they finally got it done. <laughs> so don't take for granted that you got there. Malcolm, because it may be a while, right? You don't have, I, I love the roster. I love all that stuff, but you don't have Mahomes, right? It's not, it's a little different that trying to get there again. Just ask the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I think um, we're in a unique position, unlike a lot of the, the top contenders in the NFC, where, like you said, a lot of our young and our production is coming from rookies, guys on rookie deals. Um, so I think we, we can plug in a few holes there. And I, I just want to contend, man. I want to be one of those guys where it's like, do we, do we really want to go to Detroit? Like, where we're just – that's not something you look on your schedule and you're like, okay, that's a win. Um, so I think now we've gotten over that threshold and we can start believing um, that, we'll, that we'll be in those situations. And I think those situations come again. We'll, we'll know what to do in those situations. Uh, but definitely those drops, specifically by Reynolds, man, those, those hurt. Like, those, those were some gut punches. 
Um, but you know, say it's a it's a game of of a few a few plays that can ultimately decide the outcome. Um, and that's what you have to be okay with. And I think that's the beauty of having a coach like Dan Campbell who's played in the league where he knows momentum swings. He knows how those things can affect the ball game. So I would have loved for him to kick the field goal at the end there. It it would have it would have at least it wouldn't given have us guaranteed a, a win. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Our defense couldn't I, I, stop a nosebleed at that point. So yeah, it's I I, I and this all again like I feel like the out of championship weekend, even with the Chiefs and Taylor Swift, most most people I was talking to yesterday, it was the Dan Campbell discussion, which also speaks to, and I think that's a good thing because it speaks to how relevant he had them and he is. That's the best thing that could happen to the Detroit Lions franchise. So that's really cool, too. I contended yesterday, you may disagree with this, I think that the Chiefs would have uh, beaten the Lions in the Super Bowl. I, I think they would have. I, I think that that would have been pretty advantageous for the Chiefs. I'm not so sure about the 49ers. Uh, I, I, you know, I, and that doesn't mean it's like a guaranteed thing or anything else, but I do think that would have been a better matchup for the Chiefs than the 49ers will be. Um, so, you know, for Chiefs fans, I think it would have been better to see the Lions close that deal. The easy revenge factor from week one, everything comes full circle, right? That would have been, that would have been something. Now we have this other situation with the 49ers who are there, who are supposed to be there, who have been really good most of the year. Uh, and it's been, it will be interesting to break down. Let's begin to do that in our next segment, Malcolm. And we'll have... Uh, Dan Israel, top of the next hour of the Chiefs Radio Network. But there's a key injury again in this game that's, oh, the Niners are favored now. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen over the next 10 days or so before we get to the Super Bowl, I guess 13 days, 12 days. But there's a big time, big time, devastating injury blow we hear about yesterday. We'll get into that. We'll have some college hoops talk today as well. We'll give away a little HTO. Lots to come here on this Tuesday edition of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Malcolm Carter here with you. Jad Chambers producing. We'll be right back. Phone call is welcome. 869-1240. Sports Daily on 97.5 and 1240. KFH. Wichita's number one sports radio. The commercials are over. Yo, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Kansas State men's basketball broadcast available live for free right here on 97.5 and 1240 KFH on the Odyssey app and on the Odyssey app. Tune into KFH tonight for Wildcat basketball or simply download the Odyssey app. Search KFH at 7 o'clock. Tune in an hour early at 6 for this week's Chiefs Kingdom show. Lots of good stuff coming for you tonight on KFH and on the Odyssey app. Welcome back in, everybody. Uh, Jacob Albrock, Malcolm Carter here with you on this Tuesday. All right, Malcolm, we set up there. Your Lions uh, gave you a chance to appropriately vent. (laughs) Now it means the Chiefs get to take on the 49ers. And the 49ers, when healthy, are really good. We saw that in the second half. We saw what they're capable of. Um, As we begin to dissect this game, we now learn yesterday the Chiefs are going to have to play it without Aminahue, who had the big you know, strip sack on Lamar Jackson in that game. He has been incredible for the Chiefs since he joined the team. This is a big-time loss for Kansas City. 
and one that there's not really replacement value on it. But, you know, like that's a big that's a big thing against the Chiefs in this game to lose a player like that the way he's been playing lately and really the whole time he's been active all year. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one, Um, especially when you're talking about getting pressure on Brock Purdy. Um, you saw in, in a couple situations uh, the Lions were able to get some balls batted down, forced a turnover as well. So that's going to be huge. That's going to be huge. You want Brock Purdy to get a little rattled back there. Um, you don't want him to have too much time uh, to you know deliver some of those balls downfield to his receivers. So that that's a huge blow. And I saw that. I was like, eesh. And he played for the 49ers too. So it was a little bit of that, you know, back back playing against your old team. He would have been juiced up. So that's, good. that's, a, that's a tough one. Frank Clark rumors swirl immediately. It makes sense. I don't know what he's doing right now. Uh, He has been big for the Chiefs in, you know, playoffs past. Uh, He was big in the Super Bowl win against the Giants. I mean, against the the, the 49ers. So uh, I I would I would entertain it. Certainly like I, you know, it it feels like a big spot for Felix and Udike Uzama. To step up, we know Karloftis has been good. Can those guys both just play the majority of the snaps there together? With I, I mean, maybe this is a big opportunity then potentially for him. I, you know, I don't know how you don't really just like fix it. You just have to adjust everything really. Mm. Um, and and the reality is, I think San Francisco really wants to run the ball. Baltimore should have. It's criminal that Baltimore ran it as little as they did. I will <sighs> never understand why they did that. But San Francisco's not going to make that mistake. Right. I don't know why Baltimore did it. If Baltimore had a three and out and allowed a touchdown and then totally mm-hmm. abandoned a game plan because of that, I, I, I mean, I guess shame on them, but I don't believe that. I don't I don't know that it was ever their intent to line up and run it like that. I, and I don't I can't figure out why, because they did that the week before against one of the best run defenses in football, right? And then they don't do it against one of the worst run defenses in football. Again, that's by yard per yard per carry average when we talk about the Chiefs. The Niners want to run the ball against the Lions, one of the better run defenses in football, and they do. And and they're going to against the Chiefs. So maybe it's not as big a factor as you lose that in your pass rush. Um, but, I, you know, we'll watch Willie Gay's injury. He needs to be there for the Chiefs. I know Drew Tranquil has been incredible. He has been. It would be really nice to have both of those guys when you're talking about one of the better run game callers that there is in football. You know, if you if you listen to football people talk about Kyle Shanahan, one of the best things he does and has done over his career is the way he designs the run game. It doesn't matter, you know, even before they had Christian McCaffrey, they'd have three or four guys, they ran the crap out of the ball. Mm-hmm. We all think about Debo and Kittle and Ayuk and those guys are awesome, right? running the ball is the bread and butter of a Kyle Shanahan offense. Now they just happen to have the best in the business back there doing it for him. Mm-hmm. So that's where it all starts. And and the Chiefs on the injury front over these next couple of weeks are going to be really interesting to watch because they're the team right now with, you know, nicked up safeties and nicked up middle linebackers and now a defensive lineman down. They're going to have to figure out a way to stop the run in this game because San Francisco will not make the same mistake Baltimore did and not run the ball. They are going to run the ball. I'll be stunned if McCaffrey doesn't touch the ball 25-plus times in this game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, McCaffrey is going to – to me, it's going to have to go – it's going to have to start and, and stop with him. The way this Chiefs secondary has been playing as of recently, 
I mean, it's been it's been pretty lights out, so I definitely got to tip my cap there. It's been the best in football all year when you talk about just coverage, guys. Yeah, man, they they've been balling out. So I and like you said, San Francisco knows that. Um, and except I think Lions, we had probably the best run defense in the NFL in terms of like giving up yardage to running backs. Um, so I think definitely, but what I do think that Detroit showed were some of the weaknesses in San Francisco's uh, defense, and I definitely think that the Chiefs will be watching some of that tape to, to maybe get a few nuggets. Because we ran the ball very well, very well. Obviously the game plan changed for us a little bit there, but um, I think they'll be able to kind of pick pick some of those pieces off of the 49ers defense. And, and Pacheco should have, a, should have a good game too. Yeah, uh, that'll be that'll be the interesting thing. The, the Lions had success running the ball, I thought, early. And they did it with Montgomery, who – you know, is kind of similar to Pacheco in the fact that he's going to get downhill quickly, mm. and that's what Pacheco does. I, I think I, there's a part of me that thinks Kansas City will try to attack the San Francisco secondary. So for a long time, I've been an advocate of the Chiefs playing this style of letting their defense go, running the ball a ton, taking field goals, and I still think that that's what they need to do but what will be interesting with two weeks is just how much gadget stuff Andy Reid cooks up here. You know, for a while in this season, the receivers weren't capable of doing some of that kind of stuff he likes to do. But we have seen, you know, some of them make bigger plays here down the stretch that makes me just wonder a little bit if he's going to be tempted to do some of that kind of stuff in this game. And and maybe they need to. Maybe they need because I do think you want to attack San Francisco that way. Right, like I do think you want to try to get after them and not let them just load out for the run. I mean, when you've got Warner there at linebacker, like you got to keep him guessing a little bit. Um, <laughs> That's the tough one, you know, because he's he's one of the best of this generation at that position, and they've got two of them, right? Although I don't know, did Greenlaw get? I mean, I know he left the field. I, I need to check on his injury status, but they're they're awesome in the middle of that defense, as good as there is in football, as good as the Chiefs, and the Chiefs have been awesome there this year. So, you know, and Kelsey will help that, obviously. You can't load up on the run when you got to worry about Kelsey trickling out and sneaking out and doing his thing. I would I would venture to guess this is a big Kelsey game. I would venture to guess that, you know, it's, it's going to try to be a Pacheco game, but you may see a little bit more from the wide receiver position than we have because I do think San Francisco's slightly vulnerable there and, and can be attacked that way a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And I think if you if you go back to the first touchdown we've had where J-Mo caught, caught that end around and took it to the house, they're, you're going to have to get creative, uh, like some of those pin and pulls. Um, and but you really- got to be careful because that screwed the Chiefs this year when those guys have made mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, and that they cannot – I mean, you can't do that either. Like at yeah. some point – you can't play scared I, I ball either, though. You can't play scared out there, especially in the Super Bowl. It's, but it's not as much because I agree with that. But like, the, it really comes down to like if we think the Ravens are the best team in football, and I think most people did, and the Ravens smashed San Francisco, by the way. Mm. Then, then you feel like you probably don't need to change anything, right? Like we just took them down at their place, doing what we do. We don't need to get cute here. Let's run the ball. Let's take our shots, and let's play great defense. I do think you can still do that against San Francisco. What will get very interesting again, though, is I, I, I just 
I cannot imagine there is anything that will make San Francisco abandon the run. I think the one difference, the biggest difference between them and Baltimore is, you know, when you're talking about Baltimore abandoning the run, which they did, they never really tried. They don't have Christian McCaffrey back there. No matter what happens, Christian McCaffrey's getting touches. If they're down 30 points, Christian McCaffrey's getting touches. So it's not like you can just get an early lead and say, all right, we don't have to worry about Christian McCaffrey anymore. Like you could say, all right, we don't have to worry about Gus Edwards anymore. <laughs> not the same thing, right? You're, you're talking about the best in the business, and they'll find ways to get him the ball no matter what. Yeah. And they got lots of those guys. I'm, I'll am i be I, – I think if – look, if – if this were normal circumstances and the Chiefs weren't the Chiefs and Mahomes wasn't who he was, like you'd see, like just on paper, this would be more than a one and a half point game. That the Niners would be favored by more than that. Right. And I know all the money. I said this yesterday. All the money's going to go to the Chiefs. I won't be surprised if this is a pick'em where the Chiefs are like a one point favorite by the time this game's played, because everybody they wouldn't do it before, and they don't want to get burned twice. And, we'll, and what I've been saying for six months is when you've got that defense in Mahomes and Kelsey, you just don't bet against them. Mm -hmm. The betting public is not going to bet against them for the most part. I don't think, again, this time. So I, I, I think that's a little deceptive. I think on paper this game favors the 49ers yeah, for I, sure. Yeah, I agree. But I don't know that that's – and I don't think I'm going to pick it that way because of the same thing. Again, I've been saying forever. However – you still have Mahomes, Kelsey. Now Rasheed Rice, I think you can put in there too. I mean, the Chiefs are, they're very, they're not dynamic offensively anymore. They're just really good at what they can do, right? Pacheco's really good at what he does. Rice and Kelsey are really good at what they do. Mahomes is obviously Mahomes. And then you have the best defense in football. But that's pretty much it, right? Like, there's not much behind that. And San Francisco's that way to some degree too. They just have a little more of it. But... I do think on paper, this for sure favors the 49ers. Yeah. But I'll bet you nobody bets it that way because of <laughs> because of Mahomes. And they shouldn't either. I don't I don't know how you'd ever bet against Mahomes as an underdog. I mean, you talk about statistics and all that kind of stuff. That does not favor the opposition when he's an underdog. Hey man, scare money does not make money. Uh, <clears throat> I know I'm probably be will be of the of the minority here when it comes to that, but I think I think the 49ers are I think they feel like they have your you guys' number. They let it slip away a couple years ago um from a couple of big plays, but I mean for what I saw from them in that second half, you give you give them any light. I mean just sim similar to how the Chiefs are, um they can smell Chief, blood. And Chiefs defense is about 10 times better than the Lions defense though. Yeah, that's that's good and all, but it's any given Sunday. Um and given how the 49ers are able to run the ball effectively, um, especially against a front that's now a little bit weaker, um, those are weaker. those are you know rooms for concern. Uh, there's concern if the Chiefs are fully healthy because you have a team and a philosophy, and and you had this with the Ravens, which is again I just cannot figure out what the Ravens were doing, not running the ball. I mean their backs had like six carries in that game. Mm -hmm. That is criminal. When you think about what the – because the game was never – it was never – what was the biggest lead? Ten points at any point? Like, it was never out of hand. Mm -hmm. There's no reason that Baltimore shouldn't have been running the ball. San Francisco will run the ball, and they will run the screen game, which the Chiefs struggle with. We're basically just the running back, right? The running backs hurt the Chiefs. Not It's not a fatal flaw, obviously, 
And they're so good in the secondary that it's a natural progression of things for a team to attack them that way because you're just not going to get anything through the air. Their corners are too good this year. It is the, the chess match on this one will be interesting. You're right. The Chiefs scored 21 points in the fourth quarter to win the last one. Kyle Shanahan, like you, you want to talk about the wrong kind of legacy. Imagine if Kyle Shanahan loses this one now, and then it's Oof. can't win the big game. It'll be like Andy Reid, but you're right. It, but back in the day, that that was the knock on Andy Reid for a long time. Yeah, I I just Brock Purdy better not make mistakes. Brock Purdy better play clean because if he doesn't play clean, they're in big trouble. If he plays like he played against Detroit in the first half, they'll lose the game. It will be, I I will be pretty surprised if Purdy throws it more than, let's say, how many times did he throw it against the Lions? But they were behind. Even then, I wonder, let me let me look here at how many times he threw the ball. I, I, I will say right now that I bet he doesn't throw it more than, let's call it 26 times. He threw it 31 times against the Lions. I bet he didn't throw it more than 26 times, and I bet you McCaffrey has 20-plus carries and 25. Okay, McCaffrey will have more touches than Purdy will have pass attempts. How's that for a bold (laughs) prediction for you? That's pretty bold, man. That's pretty bold, man. Um, Is it? McCaffrey McCaffrey had 24 touches in the last game, and Purdy threw it 31 times, and they were behind big. In that game, I think I think twenty six is a little low, only because I've seen what they've been able to do with Juice Check out the backfield. Um, I think they're getting they're getting creative uh, when it when it comes to getting some of those short to intermediate throws for Brock. Um, so I, I think he'll I think he'll creep over twenty six slightly though. They got to play behind for that to happen. <sighs> I mean, obviously that if if they get way if they get down big, it's going to throw that out the window. I just don't think that's going to happen either. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that the Chiefs will want to play this game that way. I mean, obviously you want to get out to it, but when you're not good against the run, you want to get out to a big lead quickly. I I don't know where I don't know where I'm going to land with this game. I'm going to need until next Sunday. Like I need a full injury report oh, update. Yeah. I need all of this stuff because I I do think this is a really bad matchup for the Chiefs, but. The Ravens were too, right? And and I liked them against the Ravens. And that had everything to do, unfortunately, for Lamar Jackson with the quarterbacks. And Lamar Jackson didn't play poorly. He did miss a couple of plays. But sometimes in the NFL, I do think you can simplify things when you have great teams and you just you bet on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And and so unfortunately for every other quarterback in football, quite frankly. You're not you. You always bet on Mahomes in these spots. I mean, what he and Kelsey have done in the history of football is as impressive as anything we have ever seen, ever. Yeah. Right. And so, it, it, when it comes down to it, when you have two good teams, even in a bad matchup, when you've got the greatest tight end of all time, and you have maybe the greatest quarterback of all time, and one of the great coaches of all time, and you hand that group arguably the best defense in football. I just can't bet against that. I don't think. Now, we'll see on the injuries. Rick points out on our video stream that Amenahue wasn't there for the first six games. We, right, Rick, we, we pointed that out. Since he's been there, he's been incredible. 
He hasn't been there the whole time. But there is no question his loss is a big one. Like, he has been unreal for them this year. Such a revelation on that defense. They've also been a next-man-up defense all year long and been just fine. They've had injuries to Willie Gay. They've had significant injuries all year on the defensive side. They've overcome them. But, man, Chris Jones is hoppled. We know yeah. that. We can see it, yeah, right? Amenahue's out. Willie Gay is nicked up. Edwards is nicked up. Like, they, I'm, I'm glad there's a week off for the Chiefs because they need it. They got to get rested up for this game because they're, they're going to be not at full strength, I don't think. No, I don't, I don't believe they will either. Um, but like I said, a lot of that, a lot of that stuff is going to come down to, um, I think 49ers ability to stay above the chains. You saw a lot of times the Ravens, they got into those first and 15, those obvious passing situations. And that's like the, against that chiefs defense, that's the one thing you cannot do. Second and 14, first and 15, those are terrible situations to be in and they thrive. Well, that, off yeah. That it. stops you from running the ball, man. So that's what I'll be looking for. Mostly because that that 49ers, while they run the ball effectively, they're passing where they rank passing. I mean, they're 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 trending towards the bottom of the league when it comes to pass protection for Brock. So I think it, it Chiefs will have to make it their game, which obviously is the name of the game. And we're talking about the Super Bowl here. But there, there's a couple of things that they'll need to go right in their favor, I think, in my opinion. Well, you got Mahomes, Right. And that's the thing. You, you've got those guys. If that game is moderately close going into the fourth quarter, you're sweating bullets if you're San Francisco <laughs> because yeah. that's where push comes to shove. They make all the big plays. Mm-hmm. And right now, Kelsey's all the way back, making incredible plays, making, making strategic mental plays on the Ravens, getting in their heads. I, I mean, you, you just a master class in trash talk and its effectiveness <laughs> – in the field of play in that game against the Ravens. He was he was rent-free up there. Yeah, I love different tracks. Just Oh, I did too. I mean, if you if you've ever been out there and you are a trash talker, I am. I know that will surprise some people. <laughs> like that's what you're going for, right? Like you it's mental warfare. And man, he just absolutely dominated yeah, the, the Ravens on that side. Uh it's it was so fun to watch. All right, let's give away some HTO on the way out. Uh, We'll give away a free iced tea and a free coffee. More than 25 flavors of iced tea for you, sweet and unsweet. Get in and check it out. That is available for you at the Wichita West, East, and Derby location. And then we'll get you a free brew house coffee as well. Those are available at the Wichita East and Derby locations. Good luck, everybody. First caller to the KFH Hotline, 869-1240. We'll win that prize. We'll come back. We'll talk a little college hoops before we get into more Chiefs talk with Dan Israel, the executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, at the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. Sports Daily coming right back. 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. We've got K-State hoops tonight. Uh, KU and Wichita State play later this week. Uh, Malcolm, the Shockers, we talked last week and then it got worse for them uh and then it got and that was sort of a rock bottom moment you hope right because it it had every opportunity to be that and you hope that it's rock bottom and now coming back up and not rock bottom and then just lives there well they respond with with a big win over smu after a really bad loss at home to ecu 
So now it's can you follow that up for Wichita State? Can you build on that? Can you get back to the point we saw early this season where it's like, yeah, I can see it for this team. It spiraled out of control on them. Uh, there were it was a tough schedule to open up, but it doesn't honestly get that much easier. It looks like the league is, you know, ahead of them right now. But we'll see. We'll see what can stick here as far as that goes. But beating SMU at home is really, really nice. It, but you got to follow it up. You have to follow that up now. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, but I, I saw some of the things that that we talked about last week from Wichita State. Um, and one of the one of the key things that that I've loved is they're really running a lot of the offense through Harland. Um, you saw at the beginning of the year it was a lot of Xavier Bell kind of ball dominant type of flow of the game, but now they're letting a few different ball handlers get a touch at it. They aren't they're not as predictable um, as they were before. And they, I I knew that they had to kind of hit that value lows and figure out what actually works for this team this team specifically. Um, that we have, not worried about what's what's to come in the future, what's focused on right now. Um, I think they have, they are a talented enough team that they're that they can squeeze out a couple of these conference games and at least go into the off season with some type of momentum. So I, I was even at the um, at the at the last home game, and you know I was I it was a it was a pretty ugly game. I'm not gonna lie, East Carolina, it that was as ugly as a game is gonna get. We um, need that to be rock bottom. Yeah. Right? That needs to be the worst that we see. It it has to be. Yeah, it has to be. It can't get worse than that. And and you know, the timing on playing SMU and playing maybe your best game of the season at the literal same time the Chiefs are playing is is kind of unfortunate. Uh but we talked about it a little bit yesterday. You get now you got to go win in Tulsa. And then you get to come home and play Memphis in front of the biggest basketball audience there is on the CBS Saturday afternoon game. Right. Like that's and and you get a stretch here of, you know, ESPN, it's national tele- televised game. You looked good on ESPN, two. You won't have a bigger stage than CBS. Uh, Memphis is much better at home. They are on the road, but you got to overcome that. It's time now. Go get a win that nobody expects you to get. Right. And and I know Memphis got them badly at Coke Arena, but it wasn't bad until the second half. Right. They scored 112 points on you. That's a starting point, I would say. But you can't overlook Tulsa because you can't you can't beat SMU and then not take advantage of that and follow it up with a nice road win for the first time this year. Like you can't then just go lose to Tulsa, right? You have to now go win that game. And I know it's a road conference game, but this is Wichita State basketball, mm-hmm. and Tulsa's not very good either. They're not. Go beat Tulsa on the road, right? I I think it would be hard to imagine, and I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Tulsa basketball because I'm not. It's hard for me to imagine Tulsa is more talented than Wichita State. I don't think that they are, Mm -hmm. right? So go beat them at their place. Follow it up with a big win. I think that's important for this team to be able to do that. Don't lose the momentum of finally, you know, finally breaking whatever the funk was and getting that win over SMU. Go get a big road win because if you lose that game and then you got to go to Memphis and play there, who knows? Right now you're right back to where you started again. Mm-hmm. Got to win that game against Tulsa. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you can go into every week kind of expecting, well, maybe we'll win, maybe we won't, and it's just kind of just going with the ebbs and flows of the season. I, I agree. I think this is the part of the season where they have to take control of, of their circumstances. Um 
And I, and I think they'll do that. I, I really do. I had a lot of faith in Paul Mills coming into the year. I just – I really believe in him as a head coach. He just seems to have that – kind of that aura. And, you know, he, when you watch him on the sideline, he really he's, – he's getting into those guys, man, but he, he keeps a, the relatively same demeanor. Um, and I think that's important – uh, for, for those guys over at Wichita State, man, especially because a lot of them, this is their first. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink Think what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. First year in the program. Um, so I'm looking forward to this game. I really think Wichita State is going to come out to Tulsa and probably put on their best performance. That would be the good time for it, right? I mean, and look, it will take a best performance to beat Memphis, but I'm not going to sit here and say, well, Wichita State needs to go to Memphis and beat the Tigers. Like, mm, we can also be realistic. <laughs> yeah. So, like, but going to Tulsa and winning, like, East Carolina felt like a must-win game. This is as must-win as a road conference game is going to get. Like, yeah. it is, you, you must win it, right? Like, you must, or it's just, you, you got to give people hope that this isn't a bottom tier team in the American Athletic Conference, and doing that is the, are the those are the things you got to do. And they, you know, they responded to the pressure well against SMU. We'll see. That'll be a fun one. Uh, K State tonight, Malcolm. Uh, it, just an absolutely brutal schedule last week for them. They're sort of in a similar situation. You don't want to let that snowball on you if you're K State, because we know in the Big Twelve, like the schedule is never easy. But now all of a sudden. They're in a tie for fourth. You know, it, it's never going to get easy, but you had to go to Ames in Houston. Now you go, you you host Oklahoma tonight, and then you go to Stillwater to play Oklahoma State, who's the worst team in the league. They need to pick up two wins this week also if they're going to try to still contend in the Big 12. It's going to be a big month for basketball. I love it. God, I love this time of year with college hoops. Uh, okay, we'll get into KU a little bit more before they play tomorrow. K-State's the team in action tonight. More on that a little bit in the second hour. We'll come back. Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, joins us here on Sports Daily. Don't go away. We'll have a lot to get to with Dan when we return. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.